Obsessive compulsive disorder might be the most joked about of all the psychiatric labels. ADD probably isn't far behind. But OCD tends to get brought up a lot in conversation. It also tends to be quite poorly understood. I find it sounds weird, very strange to most people when they hear about it or think about it. What's interesting is, if you spend time around people who've been given the diagnosis of OCD, the more you talk to them, the more you understand what's going on, the more you find connections between their experience and your own. So today is actually going to be part one of a two-part series looking at obsessive-compulsive disorder. The first part is going to be asking the question, what is OCD? And the second part will be, how can we help people who struggle? Welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alistair Groves, faculty member at CCEF, working in our New England office. And today I'm talking to Mike Emlett, who is also a faculty member and who practiced family medicine for a number of years before coming to be a faculty member at CCEF. And Mike, thanks for being here today. Glad to be here with you. Um, today we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, this is going to be a two-part series. Uh, we're not quite sure when we'll air the second part, but should be soon. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD for short. Um, thinking today, uh, in the first part, about what OCD is and, and how we can think about it, and then in the second portion, talking about how do we respond uh, as those committed to uh, a view of Scripture that says, Scripture's got resources for every problem under the sun. Uh, how do we think about that well? So what is it, and, and, and what do we do about it? Uh, probably the one thing I should should add before we dive in is just that this is a problem that Mike Emlett has spent a ton of time thinking about, and everything I know he taught me. So I intend to help him to articulate what's been so helpful to me uh, in our time here today. So, Mike, let me um, let me start us here thinking about about OCD. Let me let me give you my my thirty second spiel that I've given to to others at times. Mm -hmm in thinking about the definition of it, and, and then I'd love to hear your, your thoughts and, and feedback. Um, I, uh, there are many labels out there for different, different disorders, different psychiatric conditions, and in my mind they sort of range from the fairly helpful to the fairly unhelpful, and I would put OCD on the fairly helpful end of the spectrum. I think it's a label that actually captures something fairly well. And the way I, I like to think about that, and here, here's my spiel, is that um, if, you, if you actually just break down and think about each word separately, you get the idea of, okay, I, I think I understand something about this person's world better. So the, the O is for obsessive, and that captures the sense that there is something in my mind, there's something in my head that I just can't get out. <laughs> there is something that that is sticky in my thinking. Um, and then compulsive would say, and there's something I'm trying to do to get it out. There's something, uh, this, this obsession is unpleasant to me, and I'm trying to do something. It might be something I think, it might be something I physically do. 
um, to get rid of this uh, obsessive thought. Um, and then disorder is simply, this is messing with me. This is mm -hmm. a problem. This is not a minor trivial inconvenience. This is really affecting my world in some way. And I think to that extent, um, it's, it's a label that I, as a biblical counselor, uh, appreciate and find mm -hmm. a helpful mm -hmm. way of describing what, what someone's experiencing or going through. And so if I'm talking to someone, they say, hey, you know, I've been diagnosed with OCD. Um, I feel like, okay, I know something mm -hmm. about the kinds of questions I want to be asking you. How do you think about what OCD is? Yeah, I think the, the, the summary that you gave is really, uh, is really helpful um, because it's exactly right. Like, it, well, I mean, OCD is like any psychiatric diagnosis. It's a, it's a description of a struggle uh, that someone has. So it, we're still not, uh, even with what you said, you haven't really touched on what's, what's behind that. You've described it. You've described the experience, which is absolutely a critical first step in, in joining with someone and helping them. They have, we have to understand what they're experiencing. And, and you're right, the component terms in the, the diagnosis, obsessive, compulsive disorder, further that understanding. They, they send you down the the trail of thinking well what what are obsessions <laughs> what are compulsions um how is this overwhelming this person's uh, mm -hmm. life affecting their day-to-day -day life in such um horrific ways sometimes mm -hmm. so i think i think that's right i think what you what you what you said is is an appropriate um, entree uh, into into someone's life and, and maybe we can talk about well let's break it down a little bit what is what are obsessions exactly? What are compulsions, or at least some of the some of the categories of experiences that people have? Because I think you're right. Obsessions you can really shorthand sticky thoughts. I can't. They're in these intrusive thoughts or images or impulses that um, that that come unbidden, basically, into our into our minds and cause anxiety. Because they they are uh, as as we'll talk about in a sec they are things that are that are troubling uh, to get to have that thought, and then compulsions again as you said are things that people do or sometimes think mental acts or rituals that they do to try to decrease the anxiety associated with the obsessive thought and that that's the cycle uh, right there then you do the compulsive act and the anxiety goes away or decreases for a while, but then right back, here's the this thought. thought. Comes, yeah, right. the next thought comes. Mm -hmm. So maybe it would be helpful to talk about, well, what are some of the, what are some of the categories, the typical categories mm -hmm. of obsessive thoughts and what people do in, in response? Yeah. Um, I mean, the one that often first comes to mind when people think about OCD is an obsession about uh, germs or contamination. Right. So. Is this object that I'm touching going to contaminate me or make me make me sick? So that's a category of obsessive thought. Um, oftentimes, aggressive or horrific impulses or urges. So you're sitting at a stoplight and someone's walking across the the pedestrian crosswalk, right. and the thought comes into your head: press on the accelerator, you know, right. mow them down. And that's and. And we'll get to this later, but actually we, we all periodically get yeah. 
an intrusive thought like that. The issue is, well, what do we do with it? Most, mm -hmm. most of the time, most of us would just be like, well, that was weird, and we right. dismiss it. But for someone who is struggling with, with OCD, that thought, that thought sticks. It, right. it, it, there's something of significance here. And if I, if I can jump in there, too, yeah. in, in my experience, I don't know if I would say this is the reason it sticks or this is a result of it sticking, but I would say often the experience, you said many people will have that thought and their reaction will be something like, oh, that's weird, oh, that was mm -hmm. strange. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when when this is your uh, characteristic struggle in your life, you say, you take it the next step and say, what does it say about me that's right. that I had that thought? What's mm -hmm. wrong with me that I had that thought? Oh, I must really want to mm -hmm. mow people down. And while I may have been horrified that I had the thought, I'm now horrified that I'm someone who would have that thought. Exactly. Um, and I'm horrified that I wasn't horrified enough. In fact, mm -hmm. I've often seen compulsions be, I need to be horrified in response to these thoughts. And so I try to whip up enough horror, mm -hmm. which, you know, if it's one time every other month, it's, it's probably not too bad. When you're trying to whip up horror every 30 seconds, uh, that's a losing battle, mm -hmm. no matter what you're trying to whip up horror at. Right. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Um, so it's not, it's not so much the thought, the intrusive thought, but what we do with it that, that is part of whether or not this becomes um, a debilitating cycle uh, in, in our lives. And I, and I think that's it's exactly what you said. When we personalize that thought and ask, what does this say about me? Could I be the kind of person that maybe I really want to do that? Right. You know, another common um, horrific or uh, aggressive impulse would be the thought you're you're making dinner, you know, with your wife, and all of a sudden you have the urge as you're as you're cutting the celery, stab your wife. Take that take that right. knife and plunge right. it into her, you know into her heart. Well, oh. ah, you know, like what what does that right. mean? Right. Um, and so you can see why someone who is getting this kind of thought repeatedly, how terrible it is, and how they would do anything to try to get rid of the anxiety associated with that. So that's, those are a few examples of some of the, um, some of the obsessive thoughts that people get. Sometimes it's about order and symmetry. Things need to be just so. Um, and then the compulsions that people do are associated with that. So if I have a contamination obsessive thought, I, my compulsion may well be to wash my hands or to clean the table, um, or if it's a, a, a horrific or aggressive impulse, um, I'll, I won't pick up a knife. So I'll start perhaps to avoid, right. you know, right. cutting, you know, vegetables and things like that with this right. knife uh, so that I, that, that never happens. Right. Um, so those are some of the, some of that relationship between here's this intrusive and sticky thought causes anxiety. I do something now to get rid of that anxiety but only for a little bit. It's sort of like a mosquito bite that you get. You It itches, you scratch, scratch it, it's like, oh, that feels so good. There's immediate relief. But then a few seconds later, that itch comes back with a vengeance and I, and I want to scratch again. And that, so the obsessive compulsive cycle is like mm -hmm. a scratch itch mm -hmm. cycle. Okay. Uh, I'm tracking with you, Mike, Make, makes sense. Let me, let me ask just, when you think about categories broadly of, of OCD, okay, you're identifying germs, you're identifying these sort of 
impulses, urges, I'm not even sure exact. Sometimes I even, even the language of urge, um, I can imagine that being troubling to someone in the sense of like, oh, I really feel like want to do this when it may not even be that strong of an right. impulse or whatever you want to call it. But, mm-hmm. um, when I'm thinking about my own experience in, in, in counseling, probably the other category that jumps out to me is sort of the more, um, I guess I just call it the religious mm-hmm. aspect. Would you identify other categories? We can talk more about what religious means, but would you, are there other categories in your mind other than sort of germs, impulses, and, and religious or faith-related uh, obsessive thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the couple other categories. So sometimes they can be um, sexual thoughts or images. Oh, um, so that can be, so the thought, am, you know, am I... Um, Am I going to uh, uh, abuse uh, yeah. one of my children, or am I uh, am, am I someone that could sexually assault? You know, yeah. uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll sexually assault my neighbor or something yeah. like that. So that would be another yeah. another category. I guess that falls sort of under those Impulse. kind of impulses, yeah. those aggressive still, things yeah. that thoughts that come into mind. But it is kind of a, a, a subcategory of that. Yeah. Or even am I going to be somebody with some sort of deviant sexual? Preferences, or what does yeah. it mean about me that I, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would say those are the those are the main the main categories that um, you know that I see. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one other uh, pretty big one would be um, doubt. Um, did I did I turn off the stove? Right. Um, what, did what, I hit that person when I was driving by them and they were right. walking on the side of the road? Yeah. So I'd say that's another pathologic yeah. doubt. Basically, would be another major category of yeah. uh, of obsessive thoughts that people have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that rings true in my experience as well. Um, in terms of the religious side of it, just defining it for for folks who are listening from from our experience, I, I'm when I hear it, I'm thinking. Um, well, in some ways, doubt is maybe still a good category to think of, but it's, mm-hmm. have I committed the unpardonable sin? Mm-hmm. Um, am, I, am I going to lose my salvation if? Mm-hmm. Uh, have I done things that show that uh, I'm not a true follower, or am I going to fall away? Or just sort of er- things related to yep. uh, my salvation is in jeopardy because of who I am, what I've done, the way I'm thinking, what this thought means about me, all those sorts of things that we've already talked about. Yeah. Or am I even saved? Or... Um, is was I truthful enough when I responded to this person's question? So it may not rise to that um, critical level of am I saved or will I lose my salvation? But it can be this nagging, troubling. Well, was I honest yeah. enough, or did I when I confessed my sin? Was I was I complete enough in the way right. that I did that? Was I doing what I did with a full enough heart for the Lord? Was right. my heart really in it, or yes. was I only partly, mm-hmm. you know, was there a pharisaical part in me that didn't really love what I was doing and love the Lord in it? And yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, so that those are, uh, I think, uh, a subcategory when it when it's very very severe. You, that's that's been called in the the literature over time scrupulosity you know mm-hmm. having having scruples that um, that ultimately start to to take away assurance or raise huge doubts about our relationship with the Lord yeah um, 
in a second, I want to talk a little bit about, okay, how, you know, especially when you're talking about issues of faith and spiritual practice and so on, you're, you're in the realm we would normally think of as spiritual, um, but then there's this question of, okay, how much of this is biological? Like, people take medication for OCD, right? Like, how, so where, where's the body? Where's the soul? How do we think about what's the overlap here? Um, I also want to make sure we spend a little time thinking about um, the connection to the issue of fear and anxiety that you've raised several times. I think that's mm-hmm. that's key as well. But let's start with the body-soul question mm-hmm. and, and make sure that we get as well into issues of anxiety. Sure. And I think of someone... And people have asked me um, that I counsel: Is this a is this a body or a brain based issue, or is this a spiritual issue? And you know, my answer is yes, <laughs> it is. It's both. Um, part of that is because God has made us a body soul composite. So I, there's nothing that I do in life, this life, uh, apart from my body. So absolutely. Any thought that I have, any action I do is going to involve the body. But I think they're, they're asking those deeper questions in terms of you know, causation. And there, I mean, there are several things that, that I think the research shows us. One is there's definitely an inheritance pattern in terms of family. So if you have family members who have struggled in this way, you do have a, a higher likelihood. And, and some of those studies really try to tease out effects of you know, nurture and, and nature, what's actually biology. more, yeah, what's more genetic. So there are, there are patterns of inheritance that suggest that there can be biological predisposition. There are also certain medical problems that can be associated with the development of OCD, like traumatic brain injury or a stroke or carbon monoxide poisoning, or in children, strep throat. Um, Rarely can be be associated with the development of obsessions and compulsions. And the answer there is you treat the strep, you discover the strep throat and treat it with uh, with antibiotics. But I think that says something to us that there, there there are things going on in the body that are, that are causative factors that are associated with with this uh, with this struggle now clearly not everyone who develops um, obsessive compulsive struggles fits into one of those categories but in a sense the brain is always is always involved Um, there's there's this sense in which I'm what would normally just be a thought that we dismiss where it's sort of like we are we are going around. It's sort of like a path that you that you make in the forest. The more you travel that path, the easier it is to continue doing that. And there are neurological aspects then to the to the struggle. So I would say yes. Yeah. There's there's definitely a, a brain based aspect to this. I mean, it feels on some level like if the body can ever be involved, if the brain, if 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 someone can go from yeah, no problem with OCD to you know, some kind of traumatic brain injury to the next day, I'm struggling with it, then mm-hmm. how can we not acknowledge that the brain can be a factor in, in this happening? It just seems fairly, that, that straightforward, and that doesn't threaten our theology of human responsibility. That, you know, when you break your leg, you're going to be more tempted to be snappy and grumble. Uh, there's all kinds of ways in which having a body that has 
weaknesses and mm-hmm. suffering and limitations uh, is going to present itself in influences on how we then, as spiritual beings, handle our lives. So I, I um, there's a lot we'd like to know more about mm-hmm. what exactly the component yeah. is and how does that pathway get formed in the woods. Um, but, but it seems fairly straightforward to say, okay, at least on this one, uh, some kind of biological predisposition and influence uh, just seems fairly easy to observe mm-hmm. and, and, again, non-threatening to our, our theology of human responsibility. Um, Go ahead. Maybe talk. Maybe we can talk some about the 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 thoughts you know that that people that people get. The it's interesting. Even uh, even secular researchers have looked at this and said, "Hey, these thoughts tend to fall into certain belief domains or or, or patterns of of thinking, like um, heightened or inflated responsibility, mm-hmm. or." perfectionism or the intolerance of uncertainty I, I have to I have to be certain or the overestimation of threat those would be a, a few of the the ones that they've identified now we would say yes that <laughs> we, we as you talk with people those themes emerge yep. but for us as uh, as believers are one of the things that we want to start doing is say these things Thoughts actually reference—they have some reference to God, right? That are—we you know, would say our thoughts are covenantal in the sense that they are always referencing our 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 Creator, right. and so or or referencing our sense of a lack of there being a Creator, right? Or whatever the case That's, may be. You're, mm-hmm. you're you can be an atheist, and your thoughts are still in that sense mm-hmm. covenantal that you have some perspective on life vis-a-vis who God is, right? And so these these patterns of of thinking, uh, they're really important. They they it's not simply oh I I have this I have this thought that falls into this category of I'm overestimating threat in my world. So you know is this is this desk covered with germs? Well, that's an overestimate. You know, am I going to get sick from from touching it? Probably not. Probably not. It's an overestimation of threat. But what I want to do as a as a biblical counselor, is begin to connect that with a view of God and a view of self that is, in a sense, undergirding that overestimation of threat. I mean, really, what is when I'm overestimating threat, what am I saying? I'm saying that God does He really is He really care about um, the details of my life? Is He really is He really powerful? Do I really believe that He Will will protect me. Uh, not that it guarantees no harm, right. but can I can I ultimately trust that what he brings into my life is good, yeah. um, or is it up to me? Um, right. It's kind of an almost like an orphan mindset. To I gotta make sure everything is clean and perfect, and it's up to me to avoid danger in my life. So you can see how those those thought domains actually point to a relationship you know with the with the lord yeah and 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 you've naturally connected us into the conversation on on fear and anxiety and why these things are so troubling i i don't i'd be interested to get your your take on this i i have often thought about this in the language of essentially ocd is it's it's fear on steroids 
and, and because my, my experience is if you if, if OCD is a pattern in your life I have yet to talk to the person who only had one thing mm-hmm. they were worried about they only had one obsessive thought that, yeah. that may be how it starts but in, it inevitably always finds another way around so even yeah. if you come up with a good like no here's why I'm actually okay and I can touch the doorknob and it's alright or I, it's actually okay I don't have to perfectly confess my sins uh, because God sees and forgives and, you know something else will come in the next door it's like this endless endless flanking maneuver that yeah. the OCD that the fear will, will try to make and I've found it helpful to just step back and recognize not only do they fall into certain patterns as you were mentioning in, in the research but but there's just a pattern of um, the things the things people worry about fear about obsess over are the things they deeply care about mm-hmm. and, you know your OCD is, is never ultimately about oh you know I lost a stick of gum it's about, will I become this horrible person? Will I do this horrible thing? Will I get this horrible disease? Will I lose my relationship with the Lord? Like You can find out a lot about actually who someone is and what they care about right. by where their OCD targets and what, yes. the, what the fears cycle around and swirl around. That, that tells you, okay, this is something that's really important to you here. You love your children, and so a lot of your obsessive thoughts revolve around these terrible things that could happen to your children or you could do mm-hmm. to them or, or the guilt that you would feel if you ever did. And... Um, and so I'm, for me, it's been so helpful to begin to say, okay, OCD, whatever biological factors are going on, whatever nurture factors are, are going on, whatever, whatever complex path may have led someone to the place where they are, um, what is happening for them in the moment is frequently that tension between um, will I how will I deal with my with my fears and mm-hmm. and the experience of OCD from what I can observe is something like what you just said of I I must keep myself safe that's sort of that's the core um, effort that OCD makes and and it's just it's just awful to watch I mean to, to hear somebody articulate a sense of I may be 99% certain that I didn't step on a needle that was infected by a drug user and I'm not going to get AIDS, but 99% isn't good enough mm-hmm. when the stakes are life and death. And what yeah. if this time, so often I hear that word, what if. What if, or maybe, or, maybe, or, or I wonder if. Associated with, with this struggle, because people are just saying the outcome is so potentially devastating and what that outcome is could vary enormously from person to person, even if it's you know touching a doorknob and getting sick. Are you afraid of death? Are you afraid of being debilitated or dis- disfigured or not able to go to your work, which is where you get your hope? But, you know, the, there could be 50 different things that even getting those germs could mean to a person. I remember you stressing that some time ago, and that, that was really helpful for me to realize, oh, this isn't just germ sickness. That's the end of the line. Often there's, there's What's something What's the worst case scenario? That, the there's worst, worst case, case scenario, scenario. right. Um, and... Uh, so I've just found that helpful um, to, to see this is, this is fear um, that's demanding certainty, it's demanding safety, it's demanding control at levels that human beings were never meant to have. Mm-hmm. It is, OCD wants you to be omnipotent and omniscient and know everything that could possibly come of this. And, so that, and hence the, the checking of the door lock 17 times and going back home to see if you really did turn the iron off and then walking away and wondering... Mm-hmm. Like a good postmodern, you know, oh, wait, wait, can I really be certain that I turned it off? Yeah, yeah. So I, for me, that, that's that been a helpful category. It's just this, this is centered on the issue of fear. Yes. No, I agree with that. And I think you're also highlighting why someone just can't 
say no to the thought or just dismiss the thought right. because this is high stakes. Yeah. You know, this is, these are, um, these are thoughts that ultimately are associated with identity, who we are, who the, the kind of people we are, or the things that could happen both to us and to the ones that we love. I mean, you mentioned yeah. it's about keeping myself safe. Yes. And sometimes it's right. about keeping others safe. Like I need to, I have to go back and check this because what if, you know, some, what if there's an, what if an intruder comes in and harms, you know, my, my family? What if I hit someone and they're lying there on the side of the road? Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So I, so I think that that's right, that it, it is, it's fear on, on steroids. It's ultimately putting the, the person who's struggling at, you know, at the center of having to bring safety and certainty to their lives, which is ultimately then why the, the pathway out of the struggle, it's, it's relational. It's not just a, a battle of, well, I have this bad thought, I need to replace it with a different thought. You know, it, it is ultimately about growing in trust for the living God. Uh, and I think that's, that's the, the pathway out. Now, easier said than done, I mean, we can say that, but we'll talk about well, what does that look like uh, more, more in depth. Yeah. Well, that's the perfect place to let go of this segment and, and move on to the next. Uh, let me just, let me pray. Great. Lord, I pray for, uh, for those listening who struggle who saw OCD in the title of, of this podcast and said, okay, I, I want to hear, how, how can I understand this? What is going on in my life? And I pray that this has brought some amount of clarity. I pray for those who are seeking to help others. I pray for those who are just interested in understanding who we are as people and how this thing that they hear about can even work. I just, I ask that you would deepen us in an understanding of what it means to live in a fallen world where fear is uh, can be an appropriate response to the fact that bad things really can and do happen. And, and yet we live in a world where our safety is not ourselves. So I just pray, help us to learn what it means to trust you and help us to more deeply understand the many, many different ways that each of us struggles with the reality that uh, we are not completely safe on, on this side of the River Jordan. So we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to our episode today. As always, we would love to hear more from you. Any feedback you have on the podcast or suggestion for future topics, you can always email us at podcast at ccef.org if you've got thoughts for us. If you're interested in more on this subject, you might want to check out uh, a talk called Fear Run Amok, Help for Those Who Struggle with OCD that Mike Emlett gave some time back. You can find Mike's talk at ccef.org slash podcast. Just click the, click the link below today's show and then enter the coupon code podcast at checkout. Till next time, blessings. Blessings.